Welcome back to In the Know. I'm Luke Diamond. And I'm Tiffany Bowie. And this week, uh, we're just going to jump straight into our story. So, um, Tiffany, what do you got? So this week's story is about astronomy, sacred land, and who should make decisions when they conflict. But first, we need to start over 3,000 miles away in the Pacific Ocean on a volcano in Hawaii. In 1999, a new telescope called the 30-meter telescope was thought to be the next step in astronomy. Scientists simply called it TMT. Because the TMT's lens is so big, around as long as an 18-story building, it could help scientists see further into the past. And how exactly does that work? That's what I asked Michael Bolte. When we look at something that's far away, we see it as it looked when the light left the object. And if an object is a light year away, we see it as it looked a year ago. He's on the board of TMT and an astronomy professor at the University of California, Santa Cruz. Bolte helped draft TMT's original designs. So we think with a 30-meter telescope, and one of the reasons we chose that side, was to think for the first time we'll be able to look all the way back through space-time and observe the universe at the very beginning and at all the stages along the way. So it seemed like the scientific opportunities were fantastic. The TMT is slated to be built on Mauna Kea, a million-year-old dormant volcano on the big island of Hawaii. Astronomers say the height of the volcano, the clarity of the night sky, and the established astronomical community on the mountain makes it an ideal location. There's already 13 telescopes on Mauna Kea, so initially TMT's construction didn't attract much national attention. But there is a problem. Some native Hawaiians consider the Mauna to be a sacred site. They see the telescope as an encroachment on their religiously significant land. Even though telescopes have already been built on Mauna Kea, they don't want to see another, so they've been protesting it. This summer, they disrupted construction by blocking the only road up to Mauna Kea, and over 30 people got arrested, including many kapuna, or native Hawaiian elders. This catapulted the telescope into the national spotlight. Today in Hawaii, we'll protest help save a sacred summit. We look into the controversy over the proposed construction of a billion-dollar telescope on Hawaii's Mauna Kea. And we want to know I'm here on Mauna Kea Access Road, where hundreds have gathered in protest of TMT. It's been a long night. Around 11.45 a.m., Honolulu and Maui officers arrived on Mauna Kea, where about a thousand people had gathered. Hashtags pop up on Twitter. Hashtag protect Mauna Kea. Hashtag scientists for Mauna Kea. Celebrities get involved. Dwayne The Rock Johnson visits protesters, Jason Momoa joins their cause. It's a social media firestorm. And a few University of Minnesota members. My name's David Chang, and I am the chair of the American Indian Studies Department and a professor of history. Help bring that flame from Hawaii to campus. I had the opportunity to go up to Mauna Kea and to, to be there briefly to support the protectors, and it was profoundly inspiring to see these people who are putting their bodies on the line for their values. Dr. Chang wrote a letter to the university's physics and astronomy department asking them to denounce the 30-meter telescope, and he wasn't alone. My name is Demaliza Saramosing, and I am a second year in American Studies of the PhD program here. My name is Catherine Imai Kaleni Ulep, and I am a second year in the history department. Demaliza and Catherine co-wrote another letter to the department that made the same request, and it was signed by over 80 graduate students. So how exactly is University of Minnesota and the TMT connected? That's the same question that Dr. Chang asked. My thinking was, here I am in 
Minnesota. What does a person in Minnesota do? I'm Native Hawaiian, but and so therefore I have a stake in the issue, but what do I do? And so I did doing a little research on the administrative structure um, and the effort to build the 30-meter telescope. It turns out that the Physics and Astronomy Department is a member of a group called AURA, the Association of Universities for Research in Astronomy. And AURA is a member of the advisory board of TMT. Dr. Chang, Demeliza, and Catherine are like, okay, that's our connection. So they send an email to the department in order to... To encourage the School of Physics and Astronomy to say, no, we're not going to build that there. We're going to perhaps move the telescope elsewhere, perhaps redirect our efforts. All three share the protesters' argument. The construction of the TMT is a violation of Native rights and the sanctity of the land. Oh, it's a larger issue here of... of of um, science, in this case, under the cloak of colonialism, trying to impose something on indigenous peoples who don't, on their land, who don't want that to be done. So it's a disregard for the community. And it's not anti-science. It's not anti-education. It's not any of that. It's that um, it's the desecration of land. They're also worried about the environmental impact of the telescope. Mauna Kea is a source of drinking water, which some worry could be contaminated by potential construction spills. We, as a university community, as a community of academics, researchers, and students as well, are involved in the search for truth and for knowledge. But that search for truth and for knowledge serves and is responsible to um, a number of values. And, and, and some of those involves um, processes of respect. Um, for uh, the land, respect for um, questions of uh, social justice. Other universities have joined Dr. Chang's cause. This letter that we wrote here at the University of Minnesota kind of set the model for a number of letters that people did elsewhere at universities across North America. Um, University of California, University of Victoria and British Columbia, a number of other universities were involved. How did the physics and astronomy department respond? The emailed response was one line saying, we have received your letter expressing opposition to the 30 meter telescope and acknowledge your point of view. You know, there, there sort of is no other response for the head of the school to make. Dr. Paul Kroll, head of the physics and astronomy department. He says two things. First, the university's connection to the TMT is tenuous. They're not responsible for what NSF is doing just because they may be advising NSF on something. Dr. Evan Skillman, the department's faculty representative to Aura, echoed Dr. Kroll's point that the university's role is solely to provide technical advice. Very technical things like uh, what, what's your anticipated instrumentation for the next decade and what science will that instrumentation allow? He agreed that telling the partners behind TMT, hey, don't build, just isn't their role. Our main role within Aura is to give them feedback on the management of the telescopes that they manage, right? To give Aura feedback to their informational role on the TMT uh, that they should be denouncing the project, um, I, that, that personally to me that doesn't make sense. Dr. Kroll's second point was that his position as head of the department prevents him from commenting because any comment he makes could infringe on the academic freedom of faculty who could be invited to conduct research at the TMT in the future. But I wondered, couldn't he express a personal opinion? That in principle could be possible at, let's say, a personal level. But um, 
you know, the fact of the matter is all of those factors were considered in the, in the institutional and judicial review that occurred. And um, we as an institution have to honor that process. Something important to know is that this isn't the first time a controversy of this kind has taken hold at the university. So my name is Joel Halfrich. I'm a teacher and um, environmentalist uh, living and working in Rochester, New York. In 2002, Joel was a grad student at the U. He heard that activists from Arizona were coming to campus to spread awareness about an issue very similar to the TMT controversy. The University of Arizona planned to build a telescope on Mount Graham outside Tucson. But Mount Graham is a sacred site among Apache Native Americans. At the talk, Joel learned that the University of Minnesota was considering purchasing a $5 million contract to use the telescope 17 nights a year. And I was kind of dumbfounded and floored by their presentation. And I left the meeting thinking, there's no way in good conscience that the University of Minnesota in so-called Indian country is going to join this telescope project that desecrates a, a sacred and ecologically unique place. Joel switched the topic of his PhD to focus on the controversy at Mount Graham. Other faculty and students rallied to protest, including Roxanne Gold, a professor at the University of Minnesota Duluth and the director of the Native American Research Learning Center at the time. The Apaches came knocking on our door and said, you know what's happening? Um, and they told us and they said, we want you to support our position. And we said, most definitely we would. Later that year, the Board of Regents approved the contract, despite the dissenting voices of many indigenous community members. If you look at who opposed telescopes in the state of Minnesota, it was every single federally recognized tribe. It was the University of Minnesota president's own American Indian Studies Advisory Committee. It was the American Studies Department. We had hundreds of students voiced their opposition. Professor Gold backed the Arizona Apache tribe then, and she backs the Native Hawaiians now. Her and her husband, Jim Rock, an astronomy professor at UMD, helped organize a rally in St. Paul in solidarity with the protesters on Mauna Kea. Indigenous people all over the world are taking a stand to protect the land and to protect their water. Um, and it's not, our elders say it's not just our water, it's all one water. All, all of Earth water is one water. The debate over Mauna Kea is often characterized as science versus native culture. But many people I talked to argued it didn't have to be either or. It could be both and. My name is Makana Silva from the island of Oahu. Makana is Native Hawaiian, and he's working on his PhD in astrophysics at Ohio State University. But he has gone home to host community events where people on both sides of the issue can have an open discussion. For Makana, the telescope and Native Hawaiian culture are harmonious, not oppositional. I believe TMT is going is pivotal in in the development and the perpetuation of our culture, of, of our people's culture, of the Hawaiian culture. And I believe that it is such a beautiful way to continue the legacy of how Hawaiians use the stars, how Hawaiians use astronomy in everyday life. A lot of social media narrative around the anti-TMT movement is that it is the quote-unquote native Hawaiian side. And Makana is trying to counteract that. Why I'm down here doing it is because a lot of people across the world got the feeling 
got the feeling that all Hawaiians are against TMT, and that's very much, very much not true. And when the protectors, the Kia'is, always say to, you know, Hawaiians are against this, this is a Hawaiian movement, you know, I would, in this case, disagree and say, no, no, you, this is Hawaiians, some Hawaiians with a voice and an opinion, and that's fine, but don't speak for me. He and other advocates are excited about the investments TMT has promised to make in local communities. It currently contributes $1 million annually to a fund that helps prepare Hawaiian students to work in STEM. TMT has also agreed to pay an increasing lease for the land it uses while it's being constructed and a million dollars a year afterwards. The organization also responded to concerns about spills by taking additional precautions to prevent one. Just as Makana supports the construction of the telescope, Michael Bolte, the TMT board member, said he sympathizes with the protesters. He said he thinks of the TMT protests as a small piece in the much larger effort to reclaim Hawaiian sovereignty, that it's one chapter in the story of reclaiming a language and culture eroded by colonialism. We were such a high-profile project uh, that was actually easily shut down even, that you could really gather some attention to your cause of Hawaiian sovereignty and all the various injustices that have happened to the Native Hawaiian peoples in the last 150 years. What a great way to bring attention to your cause. And I think it's been used very effectively by the sovereignty movement to bring attention to their cause. And I'll say it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, I have, I sort of like the fact <laughs> that we've been a vehicle that have allowed many of these Native Hawaiian issues to be brought to the fore in a way that they have not so much in the past. As of this week, the Hawaii County government and the protesters blocking roads on Mauna Kea are at a standoff. Meanwhile, the issue remains a deeply polarizing one on the island. And here's the rest of the U's news. Members of the undergraduate student government, the Minnesota Student Association, discussed the resignation of the student body president in a meeting this week. The discussion arose out of dissatisfaction with MSA's direction and leadership. The session follows the resignation of six high-ranking MSA members since July 2019. The university's much-debated gender pronoun policy is set to be implemented next month. The revised policy asks university members to use individuals' preferred pronouns, allows individuals to participate in activities and use facilities consistent with their gender identity, and requires the university to be transparent in how it uses gender identity data. The final draft of the policy follows three years of discussions, revisions, and criticisms, particularly by those concerned that it violated First Amendment rights. This week's episode was produced and edited by me, Luke Diamond, was reported by my co-host, Tiffany Bui. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out the Minnesota Daily Sports Podcast, the weekly rundown with new episodes out every Friday. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.